at the beginning of every year, right, and it feels, as I said, it, it feels like it's already been a really long time, right, because it's, you know, it's already Jan 7. It's just one of those years, right? And um, there are three types of people that you get to meet at the beginning of every year. Um, the first type of people are the go-getters, right? Seven days in, they are highly motivated, high-energy people that already have gone to the gym ten times this year. Um, they have their new journals. They've got their planners ready. Um, you know, they've got, you know, they already know what's happening in the next 12 months, you know, when they're doing this, when they're doing this. Um, for them, it, New Year's Day is a, it, it, you know, it's an excitement because it's a brand new opportunity, new energy, new passion, and they're, and they're ready to go. And most likely when they came to church, they were drinking a green juice. So if you saw anyone that was drinking a green juice, that's who we're talking about, the go-getters. The second group of people are what I call the tired. These people, they had a brutally tiring end of year and they just want the pain to end. <laughs> They're the ones that wish that Jesus' birthday was celebrated not one day but for 40 days. <laughs> and uh, we wish, I'm, I'm in this category when we wish we had 28 days, 28 hours in a day, just so that we could sleep four more extra hours. Um, these people don't like hanging out with the go-getters at the moment because there's too much energy. And it's like, what are your plans for this year? I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just breathing, right? So these are who we call the tired. And then the final group of people um, are the late arrivals. Um, these people are still on holidays. They're, they don't know what year it is yet. They don't know what day of the year, you know, week it is yet. Like physically, you're sitting here, but mentally, you're still in Christmas between Christmas and New Year's, right? If you ask them, what are your plans, goals, and resolutions? Um, they, they're there, but just not yet, right? They're, 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 they're coming. They're coming, right? These are what we call the late arrivals. And, and all, you know, all three of them are sitting in our hall today. Um, I'll come back to why I start with that later. Each year, um, we have a theme at church to really help us, guide us through the year. Um, last year, the theme was by faith. As we looked at what it meant to live by faith and live by faith, and that came from Hebrews 11. Um, this year as a church, this is our 11th year. Um, 11th my, 11's my most favorite number, so hopefully it's going to be my most favorite year. Um, as we begin a new decade of church, a new decade of community, uh, we wanted to come back and we wanted to start this new decade with, I guess, some of the most important things to us as a church community. Um, most of us, more than half of us, weren't there when we started the church 10 years ago. And so you've jumped on the train at some point and you kind of catch what the church was about, but maybe... Um, you, Maybe you don't know what the church is about. And that's what we wanted to do this year, is to go back to what we think are the most basic elements of who we are as a church. And so the theme for our year this year is these two words, belong and become. Belong and become. And this comes from our church mission statement. Belong to Jesus, become like Jesus, and be a blessing in Jesus' name for his glory. And so the three words are belong, become, and then Next year, most likely, the theme will be something around blessing to be consistent. Um, 
This year, one of the biggest changes in our church is around our small groups. Uh, For 10 years, we've had the same small group program called our life groups. Uh, We used to meet once a week um, and and come together, share life together, and and learn about God together. This is the first time that we're actually changing that, and we're going to be moving away from our life groups and we're going to be replacing our life groups uh, program with what we call our belong groups and our become groups. And we're going to talk more about that. And this is to, to target different areas and to become sharper in what we do as a church. Uh, one thing that we found with our life groups, as good as they were, they weren't as effective as we wanted them to be. And so you're going to hear about uh, what these groups are all about over the next few weeks. But if you were to come and ask me, Steve, this year, what's church about? Most simplest, simplest um, description. What's your plan, Steve? What's the plan for the chapel this year? This is how I would answer it. Our plan this year at church is to help you live out the decision that you've made about Jesus. If someone's made a decision to follow Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and chosen to become a disciple of Jesus, our plan as a church is to help you live that out. Really simply, we want to help you. If you're going to be a Christian, we want to help you know and how, uh, know and, 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 and work out how to live as a Christian. If you come to church this year and you tell me, I want to be a Christian then we're going to come alongside you and we want to help you know exactly what that means. Because I think one of the hardest things and one of the saddest things is so many people come to church, they have an idea of what they want, but not really. And then the church, we become very generic around what we're trying to give, what we're trying to help with. Now, one of the things that happens at the beginning of every year, right, Every gym attendance goes up, right? Um, Not me. I'm very consistent. (laughs) That has not changed for me. (laughs) But my wife was at the gym and I asked her, I said, hey, were were there more people at the gym, you know, during this week? She goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, right, that's normal, right? Every beginning of the year, right? Everyone wakes up Jan 1, this is it. This is the year. New year, new me, right? Like that motivation, right? But one of the things that, that, that happens at the gym is this. You don't just turn up for no reason, right? No one goes to the gym and sort of turns up and goes, what should I do? I kind of don't know what I'm doing here, you know? I feel like maybe it's the right thing to do. See, when people make a decision to go to the gym, there is a clear reason. Clear reason. Some people want to lose weight. Some people want to improve um, heart condition, work on their cardio. Some people want to build muscle. Some people, all of the above. It's, It's this idea of firstly knowing yourself, knowing your body's condition, right? And then intentionally making a decision to act upon making your physical health better. It's about listening to your body and knowing what it needs in that moment of time. You plan, you look, you search, you set up the program, and then you execute. 
clear goal, with a clear path. Problem is with churches, for many people, there's no clear goal. Even here, if I say, if I was to sit down with each and every person and ask you, why did you come to church today? What is your goal of coming to church today? Right? I reckon maybe half, I'll, I'll give you credit, maybe three quarters of you would go, this is why I'm at church today. This is, what I, this is the goal. And then if I was to ask the follow-up question, what is the pathway that you are planning to get to that goal, to, to get to that outcome? And I reckon about half of that group would actually have no idea. It's like, I want to be healthy and I just turn up to the gym because I, I know I just got to turn up to the gym, right? And then I just hope that if I just keep going to the gym, and I don't really know what I'm doing, but if I just keep going, somehow my body, you know, I don't know, by osmosis or something, will just become healthier. That's how many of us come to church. We just come and we think that somehow our spiritual needs will be met. You know, we, we have many spiritual needs. And each person is going to have different spiritual needs, right? For some of us, there's a desire to get to know God. For some of us, there's a desire to grow deeper in our relationship with God. Some of us, there's a desire to, to learn more about God's Word. For some of us, it's, it's finding a place of community. So for some of us, it's a, it's a place where we get to um, encourage and help each other. For some of us, it's about exercising and blessing and, uh, and using our spiritual gifts for the sake of God. And just like our physical health, when you turn up to church, we need a plan. We need to have different things in place so that when you come with a clear goal of knowing what it means to be a Christian, to be a disciple, a follower of Jesus, that we as a church can come alongside you to help you. Do you know how I know that for 10 years, it's not that our church has done a bad thing. God has been doing many great things. But this next decade, we want to be sharper. We've got people that have been coming to church. And if you were to say, hey, can you find Deuteronomy in the Bible? Is that in the Old Testament or the New Testament? You know, like if I was to say, hey, can you pray? Can you pray for us? Oh, no, I don't, I don't really know how to pray. Ten years. Imagine you went to the gym. Ten years. Ten years you went to the gym. And you're like, hey, can you, can you do a deadlift? What's a deadlift? Right? Or you turn up to a cardio machine. You go, hey, how do, I don't know. I, I've, been, I've, been, I've been looking at this machine for ten years. I've seen other people on this machine for ten years. I actually don't know how to use it. It's ridiculous. It doesn't make sense. But it happens at church. And we need to change that. One of the most key ones, evangelism. Right? Think about this. How many people have you spoken to about Jesus in the last whatever many years you've been coming to church? Right? 
And you know what? Half your fault, half the church's fault. Right? We have not done enough to help you to know what it means to evangelize, to know what it means to witness, to speak about your faith. So, therefore, this is what we're planning to do. Right? You know, for many of us, right, you turned up this year with this idea, new year, new me, right? You're like that go-getter, right? You're like, God, I'm going to become so close to you this year. I'm going I'm I'm to be the best Christian that I've ever been this year. I'm ready. Jan 1, bang. Got your new Bible. Got your new highlighters. Genesis 1. You know, who's here? Already Genesis 7, one chapter a day, already on their Bible reading, right? I found out something that really helps with your daily Bible reading. Put it on Instagram every morning. And then when you forget, I promise you, someone will message you. Because everyone might not be reading their Bible, but everyone's on your Instagram. (laughs) Right? I learned that from Tan. (laughs) I kid you not, the day Tan forgets to post, either he, he, I, I don't know, either he got married or he's dead. One of those two, right? The reality is this, right? And we go back to those three groups of people. For some of us, you, you ran to church today. You were like, woohoo! New year, new me, 2004, me and God, we're, all, we're, we're together, we're going to do this. And you ran to church and you're so excited to be at church and you're like, oh my God, I love this song. And every song that they do, I love this song. You know, I love the pastor. He's so good looking. I don't know why he's so, he's more good looking today than he was last week. You know, you're, you're that kind of a person and you're so excited to be here. And then, and then some of you, you're like, <sighs> church, Sunday morning. Again, if I turn up early, then they're going to talk to me. If I turn up late, then they're going to make me sit at the front. And there's no parking again, you know. And for some of you, you're like, is it Sunday today? Some of you literally came, you're on life support. You dragged yourself to church. Because... You got no answers for 2024. And that is the reality. Some of you are ready to take on 2024. Some of you are not. Because the reality of what stands before you is not pretty. Here's the thing. Regardless of what your motivation is, whichever group of those three groups that you are in, whether you're here to change the world for God or whether you're here to find help or whether you're just unsure. The starting point with God is all in the same place and it begins with an invitation to come. It begins with an invitation to come. Let me share with you two scriptures today. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 30. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
First word, right? Come. Mark 1.17, Jesus says, Come, follow me, and I will send you out to fish for people. These are the words that Jesus speaks to his people. And it begins with the word come. It begins with an invitation to come. Whether it be to be a Christian, a Christ follower, to follow Jesus, whether it be to go and make disciples of all nations and change the world, whether it be to find rest from the chaos that exists in the world or the chaos that exists in our heart, it all starts with this very important concept, the invitation to come. See, one of the misunderstandings that we have in Christianity, in our Christian faith, is that Christianity is about what we do. It's about what we can do, what we can do for God. How many times did you pray this week? How many times did you read the Bible? Did you come to church? Did you come to church on time? And the question is, is that what it means to be a Christian? Is that what it means to be a Christ follower? And it's not. Being a Christian is becoming more like Jesus in all areas of our lives. It's about hearing the voice of God and being led by His Spirit. It's about accepting the invitation to come to Him first. Even in our brokenness, even in our weakness. Come to Him with your thoughts, your plans and your desires. So many times we start a new year thinking that we've got to do something. But what if being a Christian, it wasn't about doing something. But it was about letting God do something in you. This is why I truly believe that this week is the most important week in the year, our prayer and fasting week. We bring whatever we have in our plans, uh, whatever we have in our hands, our, our plans and our desires, our burnt-out selves, our pain and suffering, our anxieties, our, our we don't know what we're doing this year. We bring all of that. We answer the invitation to come and be before God. And we just come. A few years ago, um, during prayer and fasting week, I still remember uh, something shifted. You know, we were talking about, like, what, what are your plans? What, what are you going to do for God this year? What are you going to do for God this year? What are your plans for God this year? And I remember one, one of my brothers at church, um, he, he said this in the group. And he says, I, I don't know what I'm going to do for God but I'm here to ask God, God, what would you like me to do for you? What would you like me to do? Not what, what am I going to do? See, can you hear the difference, right? It's not what am I going to do for God, but it's asking the question, God, what is it that you would want from me? That completely challenged my paradigm of, of thinking, of planning. I'm a big planner. But it completely changed it. Because I used to take my plans, I used to spend, you know, the whole, you know, half a month of December writing out these plans and writing out, you know, these, these goals that I had and during prayer and fasting week, I'd turn up to God and go, God, sign off. Sign it off, God. This is what I'm going to do for you this year. 
And I was completely challenged. Because suddenly it wasn't about my plans and my desires and my dreams. It was about accepting and answering the invitation from God to come and to hear from Him what He wants. You want to know what 2024 looks like for you? Ask God. You want to start planning for the year ahead? Ask God. You want to know how to get through another year of hardship and struggle? Ask God. It all begins with not what you do, but with the invitation to come and the invitation to be. We're going to watch this video. Hopefully, it will help put it all together. That, um, we call it the grove, um, that where the water is. It's actually right where our campsite is. It's a 500-meter walk from where we, where we go to camp. Um, that was a video uh, made by our, our network of churches. Um, it's great to see. I didn't, I didn't know Sung Woo was in that video. <laughs> I didn't know you were in the video, bro. <laughs> What would it like in 2024, instead of living out your plans, instead of living out what you want to do this year, what would it look like if you took your life to God and said, God, what do you want? What would it look like to not just say I'm a Christian, but that Christ would be present in all areas of our lives? What would it look like if we focus less on doing things for God and focus more on being with God and let him do the doing in your life? I think one of the things that's really difficult for us is we like to control what is before us. And we think that we know best. And yet God, who created the universe, says, I've got a plan for you. I've got plans for you and I'll do them. What would it look like if this year was not run by you, but run by God? Uh, let me finish with the story. Jesus enters a town and, he wel- and he's welcomed into the home of two sisters, Martha the older and Mary the younger. And the story comes from Luke chapter 10. And Jesus comes into their home and Martha being the older sister is busy making food, cleaning the house, being hospitable towards their guests. Think about it. You have Jesus at your house. 
right? Like Middle Eastern culture is very similar to Asian culture, right? Like as soon as you have a guest, you have to feed them. You know, like that's just how you love them, right? And Martha is so busy doing all these things. And yet during that time, the younger sister Mary is doing nothing except sitting on the floor at the feet of Jesus, listening to Jesus, spending time with Jesus. Now the story goes on. Martha is annoyed and complains to Jesus. It says, Jesus, tell Mary to get off her bum and help me. And it makes sense. It's a very logical thing, right? Like, why am I the only one doing the work around the house when you're here? Tell my younger sister to come and do the work with me. You know, things need to be done. Food needs to be cooked. Guests need to be looked after. And yet Jesus responds to Martha, the older sister, with these words. Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one, Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. Jesus says what Martha was doing was not wrong. Being hospitable, you know, cooking, serving. It's not that it was wrong, but Mary chose the better thing, which was to accept the invitation to come to Jesus and sit at his feet. Jesus says few things are needed Indeed, only one. Friends, as we begin 2024 with all your plans, all your burdens, all your confusion and anxiety of what lies ahead, what is it that you think you really need? Is it more scheduling? Is it financial advice? Is it counseling? Is it coaching? Is it more Bible study? Is it rosters? All good things, all very important things. But what's the most important? It's to accept the invitation to come to Jesus. What if that was all we did? Because that's all we needed. To come to Jesus and trust that he would take care of our lives and our futures. What if all we needed was to come and hear the voice of God and trust that he would lead us and guide us in all of our ways? Wait a minute. Isn't that what it means to be a Christian? To lay down our desires, to lay down our plans, to lay down our futures, to put them in the hands of God and say, God, I trust you. And I'm going to live by faith, not by sight. And the beauty of this invitation is this, my friends. There is no prerequisite. The invitation from Jesus to come is for all for every single person sitting in this room, for everyone tuning online, whoever you are, wherever you're from, you are invited to come because Jesus himself invites you. Friends, I don't, I don't know why you're here this morning. I don't know what group you're a part of. I don't know what's happening in your life. I don't know what your plans are for 2024, but I do know that you're here not because it's an accident. Because in God's economy, there is no accidents. There is no coincidences. You need something. You want something. You know that not everything in your life is right. Not everything in this world is right. But before we jump to all these plans and all this scheduling and all this education and all this work, Jesus is inviting us today to just come. Come to him. 
This week during prayer and fasting, that's what we're going to do. Let me just give you like two minutes on fasting. Fasting is the practice, it's the spiritual practice of going without something for the sake of focusing on what is important. Um, in the Old Testament, a lot of um, the religious leaders would fast, they would fast food, not fast food. That's, <laughs> they would not eat food for a period of time. And during that time, they would use that time not to just sit there and go, I'm so hungry, I'm so hungry, I'm so hungry. That's not fasting food, okay? I've done that before. Like, <laughs> when you fast food, sometimes the, the weirdest things happen in your mind. Right? I don't know if you've ever done that. The longest fast I did was a, a six-day full fast, and I kid you not, by, by day five, I was dreaming of like drumsticks and like chicken. <laughs> things were happening in my house. But it's this idea of withdrawing from the normal to pay attention to what is important. So I know people this week, some, some of you, you will choose to fast food. Some people will fast meat. Some people fast a meal. And during that time, they will use that time to focus on God, to hear God. For a lot of people, and I, I think this is probably the, the hardest one actually, um, a lot of people will be fasting media. We are so dwelled into media. Like our hands get fidgety when our phones are not there. Right? It's like we wake up and the first thing we do is we're checking on our phones. We are so tied to media, social media, our phones, games, Netflix, Disney, whatever it is. And so I've heard a lot of people, you know what, this week I'm just gonna I'm gonna cut that out. And instead, they're just gonna spend time with God. For some people, they, uh, they fast hobbies. You know, for some people, they fast just whatever it is that, that you spend most of your time doing. Don't fast work. That's, don't fast work. Don't fast washing. Don't fast the gym. Okay? I was going to fast the gym this week, but I'll, you know. But things that, you know your life. You know where you spend most of your time. What if you were to take that away and focus on God? James 4.8 says this, Come near to God and he will come near to you. What if that was our life first? Once again, the invitation. Come. Friends, I believe that as we begin 2024, 2024, <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm part of the tired group, okay? Usually I'm not, but this year I am. It's the invitation to come. Today, this week, this year. And I pray that you would accept the invitation from Jesus not to come and do but to just come and be. Let's pray.